It's surprising in my surroundings I'm finding the quietest estates these days This representation of storm brewing Amazed that the focus remains The vocal focal point of my change Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast I'm your host, Matt Chittam And this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there Who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. I'm so pumped for today's episode because I'm going to be giving you a live look at how my training is going. We're going to talk about different topics that not only have influenced me recently and been a big part of my running journey, but also probably yours as well. I'm um, delighted, <laughs> a little surprised, but certainly delighted and happy that you guys are liking these episodes. So I'm going to do more of them. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about running and my own running and how that relates to my running past, my running future. And hopefully you can learn from some of the things that I'm going through positively and also negatively. And I can learn from some of those experiences as well. As some of you may know, I'm currently training for the Eugene Marathon, which is May 1st. But, and this is an important thing that is um, not just important to me, but for all runners, that my, it's not like my training ends you know, the day before that race, right? So while May 1st is the next goal race on the calendar for me, my training is going to go way past that. And we're going to talk about that kind of exposure to the different training elements that I'm currently going through and what that means. So more recently, or I say the more upcoming future, next weekend, I actually have my first race since the California International Marathon, which was the first Sunday in December. I got the Crazy Clam Half Marathon here in Rhode Island. That'll be a lot of fun. It's going to be a race course, if you know the area, that starts and ends at Pierce Field in East Providence. It basically just goes down the bike path into Barrington and then back up the bike path back into East Providence. That is a bike path that I have run and ridden my bike on, I don't know, I, I looked up the exact number. It's 790 million times, I think. <laughs> the amount of times I've been on that bike path. I don't live over there anymore. I live, it's about 30 minutes from my house now. But it would be like running a little back to the future um, stuff going on in terms of me going back into the past to try to do something new. And um, it'll be super fun. I can't wait for it. And actually, got some people who not only listen to the show, who've been on the show, they're going to be there as well. Uh, specifically Maurice, the Marathon Panda is going to be there, who seemingly does every single race in Rhode Island every year. That's awesome. He's the best. Can't wait to see him. Actually, one of my athletes, Nick Lee, will be there as well. Um, big, big, uh, big things for Nick Lee. I can't wait. I've known Nick um, almost his whole life, which is really cool. Uh, in addition to that, he has been working super hard. And I think you never know who's going to show up, but I think could compete for a top five finish at the Crazy Clam, which would be Wonderful. Uh, I coach with McCurdy Trained, if you don't know that. And I certainly love coaching athletes. And Nick is an awesome, awesome guy for that race. Actually, we're not going to get into that race. I'm going to talk about some recent stuff that's been going on for me. If you have followed me on Instagram, you've been listening to some of these episodes, and you know I've been putting a premium on developing my aerobic capacity and really focusing a lot on that element of training. And I want to put that really into perspective in terms of what I haven't done in the past. And this is, again, I've had some wonderful coaches uh, with me. It's been more of an issue with how with the kind of training that I've embraced and pushed for and the things that I've really worked hard to kind of, you know, the, the, basically the things that I have personally uh, focused on outside of what's been on my training schedules. And that has been basically me uh, focusing more on my strengths as opposed to improving on weaknesses. And I think 
one of the books that has always rung true for me and something that can certainly um, parallel my recent journey is Ryan Holiday's book, The Obstacles the Way. And that is something that I definitely, while I read it a long time ago, I definitely did adhere to its principles. To put that into perspective, roughly two years ago at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, we launched the Rambling Runner virtual race series, which was a lot of fun. Um, obviously, we'd rather be racing in person and all of that. But anyway, put that on. Uh, at the end of that, we had the Rambling Runner virtual half marathon. I wasn't super trained for that. Let me just put that out there. I had that winter, like so many others, like so many winters before it, I had been dealing with injury and I hadn't been healthy and had some really up and down training, so on and so forth. Anyway, Rambling Runner virtual half, I ran a 155.50. That was on April 19th. So almost exactly two years ago. So uh, I raced as hard as I could that day. I just, for me, I wasn't that trained, wasn't that fit. And that race performance showed that. But with that said, I did race as hard as I could. I was super happy with my effort that day. So I definitely, uh, and that's the only thing, when it comes to race day, that's the only thing that matters, right? There's no point in in, uh, beating yourself up for what you may or may not have done leading into the race. Um, When race day hits, you give it all you got and that's it. And that's, and I was happy with that effort. Exactly one month later, I did the, uh, the, the McCurdy trained uh, mile series happen. So over six weeks, we had four different, mar- four different mile races. Uh, these were all virtual as well. I did the second mile and I ended up getting hurt again right after that. I think that's when I pulled my back after opening a window at an odd angle in my daughter's room. Anyway, I ran a mile in that, in that case. The second, it was the second one of the series. I ran a 620 mile now. So I went the half marathon, 155.50. Exactly one month later, I run a mile at 6.20. Now, that 6.20 mile, again, I was really happy with that effort, worked hard. Um, I was basically just as fit for that as I was for the half marathon, which is not super fit. But again, you work hard on race day, and that's all that matters. To put it in VDOT terms, if anyone who uses VDOT in their coaching service or you're an athlete that uses VDOT, the Jack, Jack Daniels VDOT system, Jack Daniels, the running coach, not the alcohol maker, um, there's a wide discrepancy in terms of the VDOT levels for those races. So for the half marathon, that's a VDOT score of 38. For the mile, it was a VDOT score of 45.6. To put that in perspective, basically every Every number you go up, so so from 44 to 45 or 38 to 39, it's a tangible difference in fitness level. So we're talking seven and a half point difference between these two races, during which I was pretty much the same level of fitness. And this shows basically the kind of athlete I was for the vast majority of my running life. Someone who um, cared more about the shorter stuff in part because, frankly, I just wasn't disciplined enough to put in the longer runs. Also, I was always more of a fast-switch athlete, so I naturally just kind of went more towards that kind of training, and I cared about more of that stuff, and I basically tried to have as little friction as possible with what I was doing in a training perspective and what I was naturally good at. So, I bring this up because... This past year. Okay, so um, I think it was roughly the first week of September. 
in 2021, um, I was reasonably fit. August was a kind of a crazy month because um, I did sprain my ankle, but I was doing a ton of biking. So I was pretty fit. I've been working hard in June, July, and August to get back into shape. I was really happy with how things were going, even with the sprained ankle uh, because of the bike sessions I was putting out. And then ankle healed up, hopped into a 5K, and um, I really hadn't done a lot of running post-ankle injury at that point. Um, but first mile and the plan was just basically just run it as i'd already signed up like two months ahead of time and my wife was running so the point was just to, to go there have a good time first mile ran easy and then i was like you know what i just i got in the spirit of things and for me at that level of fitness at that time i gunned it so i went as hard as i could the last two miles and i was really happy again push it i could not have run any faster i gutted myself and the finish line photos well, if you ever, I don't know if I'll ever publish them. They are, they are hard to look at, but even you can tell that I didn't have a lot of left in the tank, uh, when it came to the end of that race and, um, end up basically running the last two miles at around 7:30 pace. Again, I worked hard for that 7:30 pace on that day. I sure did. Now today at 16 mile run, this is going to be roughly a 60 to 65 mile week for me. Uh, so a high mileage week for me, no question about it. I did a double two days ago, which I'd never done before. 16 miles today, um, 20 mile an hour winds. I had a great run. I felt awesome. I knew I was going to run well because training has been going well. And over the last four miles, I averaged pretty close to 7:30 pace. So what's the difference? What a stark, first of all, what a stark difference in terms of uh, comparing what happened two years ago to this year. Um, again, it's not apples to apples because the, there's a huge time discrepancy of what happened in uh, the fall and what's happening now. But there's been a huge difference in the kind of training I've done in that it is so much more aerobically focused. And it was hard at first. It was hard to just work that system. I was, you know, getting, you know, um, a lot of these long runs, especially at the, actually like the 12 mile mark, I was like just feeling awful. <laughs> My body was, wasn't used to it. Um, it was a struggle. I wasn't enjoying those runs at all. But then eventually, slowly, after the California National Marathon, things started to click. Um, that was fantastic. And I just spent less time doing high end really pushing the pace training. So I've been doing intervals and things like that, but almost all my intervals, actually just say all of my intervals are with jogging recoveries. None of them are at the the high end of my speed range or speed or effort range. And I've been really just focusing on aerobic development, marathon pace, easy pace, threshold pace. And that has been primarily what's been happening. And it at times is frustrating because I just, I do love just going fast. I love airing it out. There's no question about that. It means it, it, it really is for me, some of the funnest parts of running. I haven't been doing that, but this process and getting better and better at the training honestly has been just as fun. Again, it's not as fun as like, you know, the, those 30 seconds of really sprinting is, is really enjoyable. This has been more like a long-term fun, more sustainable fun. And it's been something that I never saw coming in terms of really hitting this level, something that I knew was possible and I was really excited for, but I just didn't wrap my head around what it felt like to do these long runs. And even just a normal, for me now, an eight to 10 miles is just a normal easy day. And I 
can't believe I'm even saying that. I, that was, I, it's preposterous to me that, that that's what's happening. Um, but it's true. And it feels totally fine. Today felt totally fine. And I like had a fast finish to the long run and all of that. Um, but it just shows you that, you know, while there may be genetic elements to what I've been able to do at certain points in my running career, just like everybody, um, that you put in the time and effort into something. And I still feel like I'm just scratching the surface of this aerobic stuff. I, I, you know, two years from now, I feel like I'll be in a completely different plane of existence in terms of aerobic capacity and, and long range speed and all of that stuff. Um, but you know, it doesn't happen as quick, you know, it's, it's easy. It's much easier to, you know, get, at least for me to like, say, if I want to be like, Hey, I want to break a five minute mile. It would be really hard, but trying to do that versus like trying to be like, Hey, I want to break three fifteen in the marathon. Um, it may sound like, well, I'll bring five minute mile, but would, would seem like for the vast majority of people would be way harder. Um, for me, considering my training over the last 20 years, the three fifteen marathon is much harder to get. And that's kind of what in the process I'm doing. And that's not my goal per se, but I'm just kind of making a comparison. And besides just mileage, which is important. Um, one thing that I've been doing is really embracing kind of like the easy plus pace. Um, not all the time, but like today was kind of like an easy plus long run. So easy to moderate is another way of saying it. Um, not marathon pace necessarily, but not your typical easy run either. And, you know, I think so many of us have been drawn into the, the polarizing idea of like, you're either going easy meaning super easy, or you're going hard, meaning super duper hard. And I think that that is a useful dichotomy to put out there, especially for people who never go easy, right? I think that is a really useful thing to really set people up for success who never really embrace what truly easy training is. But once you create that 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 end of the range and they make that more palatable to people and they get used to it and they see the benefits of it, sometimes the middle gets lost and that shouldn't necessarily be the case, especially for training for marathons. And especially if you're someone like me, who has a really underdeveloped aerobic system, you know, living in that easy plus range again, at not living it, but, 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 but visiting there quite often, having, having a, a beach house in the, in the easy plus range, somewhere we love to go. Uh, we don't live there all the time, but we're there quite a bit um, is, Again, I don't have a beach house, but that's, that's kind of what I envision myself doing if I had one. Um, I think can be really valuable. Again, I'm not gunning it there. I'm not hitting threshold pace. Nothing like that, right? If you set up, like I say, a three-zone effort level of zone one being in the easy-ish range, zone two being in a threshold-ish range, and zone three being kind of like, um, you know, really kind of maxing, your, maxing out your VO2 max type range. Um, and there's kind of... So those are three levels and then there's ranges within each level. Kind of this easy plus would be the faster end of zone one in this three zone tier. And that's been a really fun place to be. And I think, and it's really been enjoyable and it's nice having that, that little, that little bit extra um, of not being too dogmatic between, Hey, easy is easy and hard is hard. And this is the other piece too, is upping the mileage has also meant for me that, my hard days, I definitely like put in a very, very strong effort. But I think one of the things that I've been able to do was not pushing it so hard on those days that it stopped me from running the next day 
um, stopped me from getting all the miles in that I need to because I was sore or too worn out or anything like that. And that's the other part when you set that dichotomy of like easy days are super easy, hard days are super hard, is that potentially you'll have some folks, and I have certainly fallen within this range before. My first running coach ever was the one who really, really hit me over the head with this one was, hey, if you can't run the next day after your hard session, then your hard session wasn't a success. And that was his point. Again, you know, those sessions are not races. Um, you know, it goes to the idea that I just mentioned of like, if consistency is key and you want to embrace consistency, then you can't self yourself, set yourself up for failure by going so hard on a workout day that you simply can't run the next day because then consistency is out the window. Um, you know, there's some people I've heard who kind of used the coffee analogy for this, where, you know, if, if a workout is a cup of coffee, you want to leave a little bit of room for cream. You don't want the coffee to overflow the cup. And I, and I love that. I love the visual of that. And especially as a coffee drinker, I can appreciate it. And that's something that I've known for a while and I feel like has been paramount to my ability to go from can, usually before in the high 30s, sometimes in the 40 mile range, to now being in the 50s and now moving forward going to be in the 60s. And that's a, a new thing for me. Part of that is now embracing some double days. So I mentioned before, this week was my first ever double day. And that was exciting. And uh, I did it on a um, kind of a longer, I would say, I wouldn't call it a workout, but it was um, you know, kind of like a, a a bigger, kind of a bigger, easy day session. So it was, I did 10 miles and after the 15 minute mark, every five minutes, I did like kind of like a mini pickup. Um, nothing crazy. Wasn't breathing super hard, but just like a, a mini, mini increase in speed and then back to easy pace. And then later that night, I ran, you know, 30 minutes, uh, around my block. It was kind of going round and round. And that was my first time ever doing that. Got 13 miles in, uh, on the day which was fun. Uh, I guess you should say in 30 minutes, I did three miles um, in the afternoon, in the afternoon or late, uh, early evening. And this is a new thing. And this is one of those things where for me, I had never done this before because I had never really maxed out my, um, my running capacity for single runs. This is the first time I've ever done it. And this is not necessarily about mileage as it is about time on feet. Okay. So for, for easy runs, uh, kind of like your typical easy run day, again, not your long run day, not your workout day, kind of like the other three to four days a week, um, depending on your schedule. You know, you for me, it's eight to 10-ish miles. Uh, but for the most part, it's really going to be at the high end of the time range, 75 to 80 minutes. And then once you kind of go past that, especially if you're running on roads, which I am, then that's when incorporating doubles can help. So it's one of the, the situations where you don't want to be doing, again, especially on roads, your easy runs an hour and 45 minutes every time, right? And what, at that certain point, that is going to you know have deleterious effects. So instead of doing that, you cut it off at 75-ish, and then you come back, you do in 30 minutes in the afternoon. And um, for me, this was incorporated not when I first hit that time range, but when I 
felt comfortable at that time range. I put in a bunch of weeks at that time range and I was able to then take the next step up. And this is kind of what we do in training all the time is this incremental step forward when it comes to um, being outside of our comfort zone, right? We're not going to, you know, take a like a Laird Hamilton example. You're not going to go from someone who surfs a six foot wave and then it's like, Hey, nail that six footer. Now I'm onto the 20 footer. No, you go six footer. Then maybe the seven footer or the eight footer. Same thing in training uh, with training. There's a couple different factors because you have the quantity, you have the time on feet as well as um, the quality of it by quality. I mean um, just the, the amount of intensity in the runs as well. And then also making sure that you're able to live your life in a normal way. So you're not too stressed. You're able to eat right. You're able to sleep effectively, all of that stuff. And if it does work, great. Then you can kind of take the next step. And for me, it's kind of exciting. The next step being incorporating some doubles. So um, maybe twice a week, once or twice a week coming up for the, basically up until maybe Eugene, I'll be incorporating those, which will basically be adding six ish miles a week to my training, which could push my training into the high sixties from where it is now, which is really exciting. This is, you know, shoot, man, it's 30 miles more than I was doing at, at various other points when I was running consistently. And that was all on me. I had this mental block of like, hey, 40 miles a week for someone who works is like, that's normal. That's like, that's high end. Um, and it's funny because I didn't necessarily view that for people I was coaching. I was always pushing them, you know, once they felt comfortable, go a little outside the comfort zone. It was really just for me that I had this mental block on myself. Um but that block is gone and I've really embraced the higher mileage and it's been working and it's really exciting to feel the speed at comfortable effort level. And that is something that I just haven't had in a long, long time, maybe ever. There's, there's one little moment of time. It's like this one year period after in the Cape Cod Marathon in 2011 when I was training at a level and I wasn't say I was overtraining. I was under recovering. I was sleeping like four hours a night and I was really hammering at the same time and probably running too hard. And I was doing a ton of and running on lots and lots of hilly routes and stuff. And um, it was I got really fit and then I crashed um, just like I completely over again. I didn't overtrain. I under recovered and it set me back. And then I really never got back into basically that was the last time I was at this level. I think I ran my half marathon PR at that point. I ran a 132 uh, New Bedford half. And I, you know, I trained through that race. I didn't taper at all. I didn't even go into that race with a watch. I was just running it as a workout to get used to um, getting back on the starting line and um, just ran by effort and felt great. And then I remember the five mile mark guy next to me is like, all right, we just hit 35 minutes. I'm like, we're running seven minute pace. I had no idea. And this, I was the last time. I was fit like this and it was, but this time it's in a much more sustainable way. And that's the other thing is that while we all have goal races or we should at some point, um, no, no pressure on that, but it, it, I think it helps. Um, I think as important as that is, and as excited as I am for Eugene, I'm also excited for like, you know, uh, December or January, 2023, 24, right? What can I do at, you know, CIM 2023 or Houston Marathon 2024. And how fit can I get? How, if my aerobic system is responding like this over the last few months, where can it be a year and a half from now and stuff like that? And that's really um, gotten me excited 
and really allowed me to train in a way that is much more long-term focused and I think ultimately much more healthy. So thank you so much for listening to this. I mentioned before um, you know, about the, the coaching side and McCurdy Trained. I do work with McCurdy Trained. So if you are looking for someone who is going to help you with your running, I would love to be that person. You can go to McCurdyTrained.com today and fill out a questionnaire. And at the bottom, you can say, hey, is there a coach you want to work with? You can put, no, you can choose one for me or you can put me or any of, any of the other great coaches. I mean, there are some really, really great coaches, McCurdy trained. And I definitely feel um, you know honored to be associated with all of those folks. That is for sure. Uh, James and Heather do such a good job running that company. It really is remarkable. Uh, with all of that said, I hope your training is going well. I hope things are going well for you in your life. Thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.